The Download with DP, a weekly podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. It's episode 48. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. If you've stumbled upon this podcast as a fan of UIS baseball and are just looking for head coach Ryan Copeland's interview, feel free to skip ahead about five minutes because I'm going to break down what I saw in the past week and what we covered on Channel 1450 and what's coming up on Channel 1450 and what we plan to cover in the next seven days. We talk about what the big games are. Northwestern Mutual has been a proud sponsor of this podcast for quite a few months now, and I would like to show them some gratitude. They are in search of college interns for their summer programs. Please let anyone who might be interested know that I sent you. If you know how advertising works, they love hearing that the money they spend on sponsorships is going to a good cause. So let Northwestern Mutual know that you listened and you heard it from me. Now, before I get started with the sports, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about what's going on in the world. I know I'm no expert here, so feel free to not listen. But I would just like to say I've been hugging my two children a little bit tighter this week. What's going on in this country is disgusting and it's not acceptable. I know you didn't come here to hear my opinion on current events, and I'm not here to discuss political views or gun rights. I just have a simple statement. If we can't as a country protect our children, then this is not a country that we should hold in high regard. People always ask, what can be done? What can we do about this? I don't have an answer, but I do have a question. Why don't we start with the people who are making the laws in this country? What would it hurt at this point when nothing is working? When are the lawmakers at the local, the state, and the national level going to be held accountable for what's happening in our schools, in our churches, and in our public places. If anyone has the power to make something happen, I think we should start there. Why not? If these people who have been in power for years aren't able to protect the public and especially our children, then why are they allowed to make the decisions for the rest of us? I'm probably overstepping my boundaries, but as I hug my son and daughter and see how much they need us, I feel like something needs to be said. Okay. Sorry, let's get to sports. Whether that be a distraction for now or whatever it is, let's get to sports. What did I talk about? What did I see in the past week? Last Thursday, I spent the day getting sunburnt at the corn crib to see two great college baseball games. Heartland wins and Lincoln Land wins to set up their Friday matchup. Also on Thursday, got to speak with Williamsville graduate Ty Reader to talk about his commitment to Western Illinois. Very happy for him. He's a guy who put in the work in the weight room, and it's great to see him get rewarded with a Division I scholarship. So, back up to normal for me on Friday. The noon game for the Heartland and Lincolnland meeting in the tournament. Hawks get it done. Sam Antonacci hits a dinger in that one, and the Hawks go on to win the tournament on Saturday by beating the Loggers again. It's great to see Ben Hartle and Sam Antonacci have success. If you followed them at all at high school, then you're not surprised. The Hawks are headed to Enid for the Juco World Series. Good luck to Ben and Sam on their trip. Also last Friday, couple regional championships to talk about. I got to SHG in time to see an amazing game between the Tri-City Tornadoes and the SHG Cyclones. The Tornadoes get a couple big hits in the first inning, and then Delaney Chumbly shuts down the Cyclone bats to advance Tri-City into the 8th and sectional, where they beat QND and will now play for back-to-back sectional titles on Friday in Athens. This year, it's against Macomb. Also last Friday, got over to Rochester to see the Rockets come back and beat Springfield High to win the regional title in soccer. On Saturday, while Bobby waited out the rain at state track i had just a 90 minute rain delay in jacksonville to see the glenwood titans handle business against mount zion for their first postseason win this year turns out in fact they would only have to play one game in the postseason to play for a sectional title how strange is that 
Not only do you go right into the regional championship due to being the top seed, but then on Tuesday, Champaign Central has to forfeit due to them scheduling their graduation on the same night. Weird situation. I don't think it really would have mattered. The Titans likely would have won that one handily. Regardless, Glenwood will host Rochester for the sectional title again, just like last year when the Titans won. We'll see if the Rockets can get some revenge on the Titans after two weeks ago. Glenwood put it on them, 8 to nothing for the outright CS8 title. Betting odds would put money on Glenwood here, obviously, but Chad Kutcher has won a few state titles and will certainly have a game plan. The Rockets will be ready for that one. Back in action on Monday, it was a nice productive day off. No, that was supposed to be a day off. Not quite, thanks to Mother Nature on Saturday, moving everything. We had a boatload of regional baseball title games on Monday. I went to Forsyth to see the Sagamo rematch in a game I expected the Trojans to roll. They've only lost one game this year, in fact. Instead, I saw one of, if not the best baseball game I've seen so far this season. Bullets take the lead. Trojans tie it. Bullets take a two-run lead again. Evan Foster settles in. Trojans add on. Take the lead, thanks to Jackson Grubbs. And you're watching like, okay, this is just what Moreau has done all season. Then Foster has to exit due to pitch count, and things get real interesting. Caden Griffiths blasts one with the bases loaded, and Jacob Blunk makes an incredible catch. Words don't do this one justice. Go catch the highlights. It was a great game between Moreau, Forsyth, and Williamsville. The Trojans get the regional title. They'll play Gillespie tonight on Thursday in Pleasant Plains for a spot in Saturday's sectional championship against QND. Now, what happened on Tuesday? Weird situation again where there was supposed to be a doubleheader in Chatham for sectional soccer. Instead, Rochester gets revenge on Muhammad Seymour. And it's funny because when I drove all the way to Muhammad to see this game in the regular season, Chad Kutcher comes up to me in the second half and says, you know what? I never want to lose a game, but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if we come away with this with a loss. Well, it turns out Kayla Corner, the D1 commit, wins that one. 30 seconds left and the Bulldogs take the regular season matchup just like he said. Then when they meet in the postseason, guess what? Rochester wins. Watching both games in their entirety, Rochester was the better team, even though Muhammad had the best player on the field. Great thing about soccer is you need a team, not just one player, and that was true here. Now, Rochester gets to see Chatham. Either team can punch their ticket to Tuesday's Chatham Super Sectional by winning. Titans only have to win their second postseason game on Friday to claim a spot in the Super. Still just weird to say that game is Friday in Chatham at 6 o'clock. Highly recommend you guys come out for that one. I will be there for that after I get Glenwood against Taylorville on the softball field just a quarter mile away. Titans hosting that regional and obviously our heavy favorites there. On Wednesday night, it was regional semifinal baseball for the baseball boys at 3A level. Over in Mount Zion, it was Springfield beating MacArthur 15-0 and SHG was beating Mount Zion. It likely sets up an all-city matchup to be played 40 minutes away because that makes sense. That game is Saturday morning at 11, Springfield and SHG. Over in Chatham, the Titans beat Southeast and then went to a weather delay. Rochester and Jacksonville will play on Thursday in Chatham, we hope. That leads me to what's coming up on Channel 1450 in the next seven days, starting with tonight. We'll have Maroa Gillespie highlights. Robert has that one. I will be enjoying a nice, lovely evening with my wife. It's our fourth anniversary. Great time to say thank you to my wife, Erin, for putting up with the crazy hours of my job and the craziness of me. It's more than you know appreciated. Happy anniversary, babe. Here's to many more. Friday, Leanna is heading to Naperville for the U-High girls soccer team at State. I will be in Chatham for softball and then soccer at 6. Robert will be in Jacksonville for Rochester and Springfield High softball. And Seth Coons will be helping us out getting the 2A sectional softball game in Athens. On Saturday, 
We'll see what happens with U-High at State. If they beat QND on Friday, they'll play at 5 for the state title on Saturday. And Leanna will be up there in Neighborville for that one. Robert will be at Boys State Track on Saturday at Eastern. So coaches, please help him out. Let him know when your guys are competing so he can get the footage of that and make his day a little bit easier. That's a long, long, long day. Also Saturday, we've possibly got the 2A sectional championship in Pleasant Plains featuring Monroe Forsyth. If they win on Thursday, they'll play Q&D on Saturday at 11. The winner of that jumps to Monday, play 5 p.m. at Lincoln Land for a trip to state. Saturday, the 3A regional baseball titles in Chatham, Mount Zion, and U-High playing at Normal West. All those winners will head to Champaign Central next week for sectional semifinals on Wednesday and Thursday. On Monday, two super sectionals on the holiday. The 2A softball super is at Milliken. That would be Tri-City if they win on Friday. That game Monday will be played at 11 a.m. The 2A baseball super at Lincoln Land, which would be Monroe Forsyth if they can get past Gillespie and Q&D. That game would be at 5 on Monday at Lincoln Land. Tuesday, we'll have either Glenwood or Rochester soccer playing in the Chatham 2A super sectional. Also Tuesday, in Mount Zion. We'll have the softball doubleheader at 4.30 and 6.30, likely Glenwood in one game and either Rochester or Springfield in the other. Wednesday and Thursday next week, two trips to Champaign for us, back-to-back nights for what will likely be a very good sectional featuring U-High and either Springfield or SHG and either Glenwood and or Rochester, Jacksonville. Another big thing we'll be covering this Friday and possibly Saturday is the UIS baseball team hosting a Super Regional right here in Springfield. These Prairie Stars are really, really, really good. And we have their head coach on this week as this week's guest to talk all things UIS baseball. Thank you to Ryan Copeland for taking the time to talk with me. Let's get started. I would like to welcome in Coach Ryan Copeland to the podcast this week. You're a busy guy, so I appreciate you taking the time. Um, back from Detroit with a, a pretty big win. Uh, how does it feel coming back right now and, and where you guys are at? It's a, it's a good feeling for, for our guys, for our staff, uh, our program, all of our support staff. We we go in every single year, and uh, you want to be playing in the postseason. You know, that, that starts with the conference tournament last week, and certainly we took care of business you know, down there in, in St. Charles, Missouri, Lindenwood, and then... Uh, yeah, we, we kind of had some some things going on with our with our regional rankings, and uh, let's just say some guys uh, in, our, in our program were, were pretty upset about you know the national respect we were we were not getting. And um, so once we we won the tournament and we knew we were in, uh, we were just kind of waiting our fate and uh, ended up going up to Detroit. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a rewarding feeling. And uh, at this time of the year, you just want to keep playing. And uh, here we are, you know, looking forward to a super regional. It's, it's late May. And uh, you know, you get past that, and you're playing college baseball in June, which is pretty special. So it's what we talk about uh, from the time our guys arrive, uh, you know, on campus, and it even starts before that in the recruiting process. It's playing meaningful games in, in mid to late May, and uh, trying to achieve something we have not yet done in this program, which is play in, in the College World Series and carry North Carolina. It's such a long season, and when you get to this point, like you said, you're you're building toward this. But at the same time, you've gone through so much. When you win a game like that and, and realize that you're onto that next step, it's got to be a little bit of relief. Like, okay, you know, we've built for all this, and like that's the next step that we took. I think every time uh, you advance in any kind of elimination type format, which of course is a conference tournament, a regional, a super regional, and then, and then you know, last a uh, college world series, there's always a little bit of relief with that, just because uh, you work so hard to try to get there. 
your players just put in so much time and effort to try to achieve these things and we talk about them but a lot of other programs talk about it too I think uh, you go into any season as any program and you have your list of things you want to check off that list uh, playing in the conference tournament, playing in a regional, you know, winning the conference tournament, winning a regional, and then of course, uh, you know, this weekend for us, playing for a chance to be, you know, in the, in the final eight, you know, the elite eight of the country, and playing a college world series. Uh, there's some pressure that comes with that, but I think uh, it's it's the right type of pressure. It's the pressure that kind of uh, reassures you that you're in in the right program, you're in uh, the right environment, and uh, what you do matters most. So. Yeah, you just uh, you try to keep uh, checking those things off the list, and uh, here we are. We're we're, uh, we're playing as good a baseball as we have all year, and we have a chance to go do something special, something that we have not done in this program. Again, we we've played in in uh, two super regionals now, yeah. And uh, the last one uh, we got walked off in game three against Ashland, so oh. a, a team we we beat this past weekend. So that was tough, and uh, we have quite a few guys on this team right now that were there in, in Ashland, Ohio for that. So I think that that matters too. So we're hoping it uh, goes our, our way this time. Yeah, you talk about building throughout the season for the postseason, but I feel like as a whole this program has been building for this because, I mean, like you said, you've been there a couple times, you've been close. You guys have been pretty dominant in the conference as of late to where, I mean, you're winning a ton of games every season, but you almost feel like if you don't make it to that World Series, it's kind of lost, and, and that's not fair to say because of all you're accomplishing throughout the season. But um, now that we're here, two games away, basically, you got to win two games. It's got to feel pretty good that this is kind of the culmination since you kind of took over from Chris. No doubt, uh, you know, Chris, Chris Ramirez, you know, my former boss, was a was a huge mentor for me. Uh, he gave me my in in college baseball. I was just um, uh, a 26-year-old, uh, you know, recently a college grad. I had to go back and finish after uh, a stint in pro ball, and and uh, he gave me an opportunity to run the pitching staff, to to run the recruiting side of things, and I'm very very thankful for that. And during that transition, when he left, you know, for Lenore Ryan, it was it was as smooth as it could be. You know, we were able to retain all of our players, of course, and uh, the bar was set, the foundation was laid for for the the goals of this program, the expectations for our program, and uh, we, we just haven't looked back. I think uh, last year was especially hard. We had a great regular season. We felt like we had the type of team that could go on and make a special run you know, at a national championship, and uh, we lost the heartbreaking game against Lindenwood where we had a 6-3 to lead. Our bullpen had been so good all year, just for whatever reason, just didn't get it done that day. And then uh, it felt like going into that the game against Northwood, we would bounce back and we were good and we were over it. And then uh, things got tough and uh, it just felt like we weren't able to respond the way we, we needed to. And uh, last year was, was, was heartbreaking. And uh, so to be able to bounce back and have a different type of season, it wasn't as easy this year. It didn't feel as easy. I know you look at the, the, the record right now, we're 46 and 8, and it's probably, probably easy to, to laugh that off. But uh, we started the year 2-2. Two and two. Uh, then we get on a run, and then we go to Quincy, and they take three or four from us. They played really, really well against us, and uh, they just beat us you know, at their home ballpark. And uh, we had to bounce back from that, but we were able to rattle off, uh, I think, two separate 14-game winning streaks, and right now we've won 10 in a row. So uh, we're playing our best baseball right now, uh, and that's all we've talked about all year is 
is pitching our best in the postseason, is playing our best baseball in the postseason, uh, being our toughest when it matters most. And I think that's probably what I'm most proud of, our, of, of what we've accomplished so far this year, you know, winning the GLVC you know, conference tournament for the first time. We had been in the previous two championship games and lost both of them. And it just felt like we we have been a team worthy of being in Cary, North Carolina. And just we just haven't done it yet. But we do deserve it. We do belong there. And uh, hopefully this is the year to, to go ahead and break through and get that done. Did you have to change anything as a coach this year, knowing you were so close last year and that this is the ultimate goal? I mean, did you do anything different this year? I think the, the, the biggest thing I've tried to do differently is uh, – just try to be a little more laid back in the dugout, to be honest. Uh, I think I think I'm a pretty intense guy in the dugout, and uh, I think some guys respond to that, but I think others don't. And I've had some conversations with some some guys on our team, mainly the pitchers, you know, since I've been working with the pitchers all year. And uh, I think that was something that they were they were echoing is, hey, uh, you know, I, I think our, our some of our pitchers, especially feed off that energy, you know, negative, positive. So I've tried to be a little more even keel, a little more laid back, and just try to enjoy it more, I think. Uh, I think we all put so much pressure on ourselves to, to win. And uh, as a coach, you only can control so much. You know, you, you try to prepare those guys as best as you can, put them in the right positions to be successful. But at the end of the day, they're the ones making the pitch. They're having the at-bats. And, and sometimes that's a tough feeling as a coach. And But you have to accept that. You have to embrace it. And uh, I've just tried to have more fun, just have more fun with it, be a little more, a little more loose with our guys, and uh, just try to be as present as possible and make sure we kind of take it all in because you can take this stuff for granted. You just never know when you're going to get back, no matter how well you recruit, no matter how well uh, you reload, develop your players. It's just hard to get here. So just trying to, uh, try to enjoy it more. You talked about your record this year. Um, your record at home, I think, is 23-1. and one. Is that correct? Yeah, we uh, we were undefeated until uh, Truman got us on on Friday uh, on Senior Day weekend. So yeah, we were, we were undefeated. We had actually gone a full calendar year without a loss at home, yeah. and then we ended up losing on the same exact date that we did last year to Quincy to Riley Martin, who of course ended up being a six round pick to the Cubs. So yeah. uh, we went a full calendar year without a loss, but then we did lose on the same exact day as 2021. So you combine that with what you talked about with Quincy, where you go over there, lose three out of four. Um, it's, it's kind of maybe good to have both of those things going into this week because, like you said, they're, they're the big rival. They, they beat you three times already this year, so you, your guys know that it can happen. Yep. But you also know at the same time they got to come here, and you guys are tough here. Yeah, we're really hard to beat here. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I have an exact you know, reason why. I think you're, just, you're comfortable at home, just like any program is. Uh, you know the the winds usually howling out pretty good here. We recruit for it, we develop for it. Um, but yeah, they 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 played a great series against us at their place. You know back in in mid March, and uh, they took it to us a little bit. And we we got it out of there with one. And I think seeing those guys again in the conference tournament championship was was good for our guys to go uh, play as good of a game as we played all year against those guys, especially to 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 go get that done in front of them. Uh, pretty much knowing we're going to see those guys again, you know, they were uh, they were the four seed coming into the regional the tournament. We were the three, and uh, I don't think people in the in the committee thought that it'd be UIS and Quincy standing there playing for a super. But I think we all did. 
I think those guys would tell you the same, that they felt like they were one of the top two teams just like we did. So it's going to be a great series. Uh, that they, they have great players. They have a great coaching staff. We have a lot of respect for what they do over there, and I would imagine we'll play a couple uh, couple really close ball games. I don't know a ton about baseball in terms of strategy, but when you play a team that many times, how much planning can go into it, or how much is it just, you know, we play our game and we're fine? I think uh, it's yeah, it's exactly what you said. I think when when you play each other so many times, you know all the tendencies. You know how to get their hitters out. They know how to get your hitters out, and it just comes down to execution. Who can execute the best? Who can come up with uh, a big hit or two? Who can make a big pitch or two? And then uh, who's who's the toughest? You know who who has the the toughest will to win that game? It's going to be extremely hard for both teams. Uh, we've played a lot of really tight games with those guys over the last you know, four or five years uh, we, we you know really we really took off in 2018 and uh, a lot of our, our our model was was modeled off of those guys you know the way they recruited the type of player they had and uh, at one point in the early you know portion of UIS baseball uh, I know those guys took it to UIS quite a bit and uh, you know the, those, those tables have turned a little bit and uh, it's much less one-sided, and uh, they've gotten us a few times in the postseason. We've gotten them a few times, and uh, again, it just goes. It's not not any surprise anybody in, in the GLBC or in the Midwest region, baseball people in general, that Quincy and US are playing for a, a, a World Series berth on the line. But uh, just add to execution. Just got to execute. Um, they got three really good weekend arms. We got three really good weekend arms. They have a couple pen arms that are very very talented, uh, good arms. Uh, we like to think of the bullpen as a really, really big strength of ours. They play good defense. We play good defense. Um, we run a little bit more than those guys, but uh, we both have some power bats, you know, two, three, four, five that can go get you. And uh, a lot of talent. I think two pretty well-coached teams, and it should be fun. What do you love about your team? I think the, the togetherness, the heart, the passion. Uh, again, we've had guys on this team from 2018. That team went 47-9. and nine. Uh, we hosted the regional for the first time ever again. Just really laid the foundation. This is what U.S. baseball is going to be about. We play in the postseason. That's what you tell recruits. That's what you tell their parents. It's what you sell to your team during the fall, during the winter. We will be playing in the postseason. We'll be playing meaningful games and chance, you know, to to go win rings for to go win a World Series. And uh, we've had some some great victories. We've had some triumphs, some awesome moments. We've had a lot of heartbreak. You know, 18. We were 45 and five going into the postseason, and we went two and four to end the year. We uh, we went 0 and two in the conference tournament. Then we we won our first two regional games, and then we dropped the last two. And that was in the old format where if you win your regional, it's eight teams, you go to the World Series. So um, that was a very senior dominant team. And then I think a lot of people just hey, well, at all those seniors, they're gonna they're gonna struggle. But you know our our reload mentality is uh, is always gonna gonna take place of that and. Um, 19's team was less talented, but again, same guys that are on this team. Uh, we found a way to go do it with a pitching-heavy, you know, team that really could could really pitch, especially our starting pitching. Uh, but then the heartbreak of getting walked off in Game Three of a Super um, to Ashland and uh, just being so close, you know, one one hit here, one pitch here, um, a break here and there, and you're playing for a chance to go win a national title. So um, these guys have been together for a lot. Um, they're tough. They love each other. They're close, and uh, I just enjoy being around them every single day. Just being out at the field with them, uh, you know, we we try to walk that fine line of player coach, but um, certainly it, it, we're tight. We're close. Our, our coaching staff is close with our players, 
Um, and I think we just believe in each other. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we know we've accomplished accomplished a lot here. Um, but I think these guys uh, have really really found a different level of focus the last few weeks. And uh, it's just I told him yesterday. This is all we talk about. We talk about winning a regional. We talk about playing in the supers. And then to see your guy step up and. Bobby Barnard has been out with an injury, broke his hand in the last series of the year. So we had to shuffle Brandon Bannon behind the plate, move his eye over to second. Deacon Silas plays third base. He's hitting 390 now. Um, just things like that, you know, things like that that um, are supposed to demoralize a team, and it hasn't. It's just made us stronger, made us tighter. So I'm extremely proud of that, and uh, I think we just we all love each other. These guys are these guys are tight. What is that mindset like for? Well, first of all, let me ask: How many guys are on the team? How many recruit or how many players are on the team? We carry forty-six players okay. on, on the roster. Um, yeah, forty-six right now. So many of those aren't with us right now due to NCAA rules. So yeah, how do you manage the expectations of a college baseball player to say you have to stay ready, but you're not you're not the guy right now? That, that's that's got to be part of the coaching. That's not exactly the fun part. It's, uh, it's very tough. You have to be incredibly transparent with your players. And uh, sometimes you have to have those tough conversations, whether it's in, in August or September, winter break, before they're splitting home after finals week, or uh, you know during the season regarding playing time, and then, of course, at exit meetings after the season. I think uh, you have to be intentional about those conversations. You have to uh, make sure that you are the one initiating the conversation. And... Uh, Making sure you have a plan for the guys that aren't playing. You know, you, you only get nine guys in the starting lineup. You only have your three or four weekend starters, and you have your you know, six, seven pen arms that you really, really trust, yeah. uh, the guys that you're going to go to when the game's on the line. Uh, but it doesn't mean that the other guys don't matter in your program. It just means that right now they're not there. Yeah. But you can continue to develop your players that are in the lineup and in the rotation and you know, pitching out of the bullpen. Uh, making sure you're doing everything you can to, to put the right product on the field to win games, you know, that's our ultimate goal, um, while also developing your younger players at the same time. And I think that's what the good programs do. You, know, you really do truly have that next man up mentality. Uh, while you know, you're out there, you're winning games, everything seems good, a lot of people don't understand what's going on on the practice day is that uh, you're bearing down with live at-bats and, and sim games and coach pitch for some of your younger guys, getting them the reps they deserve uh, so that when the Mayerhoffers of the world are gone, the Zions are gone, Youngquist is gone, Alderman, uh, you know, Colton Hale, you have guys to step up ready to, to go after that because you have put in the work to develop those guys while also you know, focusing on winning with the team you have right now. So it's a lot of guys. Uh, we're down to three coaches this year. We lost our pitching guy at the, at the, at the semester to another job. And, you know, so we went from five coaches to three coaches this year. And uh, it's been tough, but I think uh, our players have uh, done a great job with that, understanding, you know, there's just not as many bodies out there. Give, be a little patient. Yeah. And I think Coach Kelch and Coach Ball have done a great job uh, picking up the slack for, uh, you know, I know on the offensive side, knowing that I can't be around those guys a whole lot because I have to be at the pitching. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge for sure, but I think it just starts with the transparency about where they're at in the program and uh, making sure that we all have a, a plan you know, moving forward you know, for them to be successful here. It, it has to be the mark of a good program because you can't win like you do with 12 quality guys. You have to have more than that. <laughs> like, yeah. All these guys have to be able to contribute in one way or another, like you said, with the off days, with the practice, with the sim days. So... Um, do you feel like that's part of why this program is successful is because you're able to keep those guys locked in to where it's it's a goal for the whole team, not just 
for these three or four guys in the middle of the lineup that, that get all the attention. Yeah, we have uh, we have a, a lot of guys that uh, have have not gotten the you know the opportunities that they would like here. You know, and not just freshmen, but sometimes redshirt sophomores, redshirt juniors. And uh, at the end of the day, I think uh, our environment, our culture, kind of handles that. That uh, it's not about you; it's about the program, it's about the team. I think that the trust from our players to our coaches and vice versa that. Uh, we're making the right decisions, you know, personnel-wise. We're playing the right guys. We're, we're putting our program and our team in the best position to, to win as many games as we possibly can. And, uh, and again, with that is uh, some tough conversations. Uh, but, yeah, we, we want to have depth in our program. We don't want to be um, a heavy senior class away from having a, a tough year the following year. I always hear people talk, you know, talk recruiting in college athletics. And they talk about, oh, well, we're young. You know, we have a young team this year, and then that can happen. Uh, but at this level, you know, we don't really have the, the draft affecting that a whole lot. You don't have the draft affecting your high school commits a whole lot, right? So, um, if you're young, I always feel like, well, that, that that's on you, right? As, as a as a recruiting coordinator, as a head coach. Um, so we I think we do a great job of, of bridging that gap with junior college transfers. Everyone knows about the transfer portal now. Uh, we've actually. We've got three kids coming from our own league to our program now. Three of the better players uh, in our league are, are going to be here next fall. And then uh, bridging out that with the high school guys, you know, so you have a steady influx of talent always coming in, ready to, to step up if something happens. So uh, we never want to be an injury away from a, a tough season. We never want to be um, something off the field away from having a tough season. You have to have good players, one through 46, one through 35, whatever you decide to carry. Uh, depth matters, and I think uh, especially on the mound, we have a ton of depth where if somebody goes down, Chad Saner, our number one arm this year, um, you just don't skip a beat, and uh, that speaks to the strength of the program, the strength of uh, our re- ability to recruit. One great question for you. Um, the success of the program is no doubt, and like you said, it's been that way since for the last quite a few years. Um, UIS as a campus is excluded from the city of Springfield. Um, is it tough to recruit here at all? I mean, do kids from bigger cities say, "Why would I want to come there"? Uh, it's uh, it's I think it's one of the more controversial topics. You know, I think with a school <laughs> like UIS and Springfield, a a a town that loves their sports, yeah, but they love high school sports, right? They they love their high school sports, and you get Rochester and SHG football game on a Friday night. There'll be six thousand people there. And, um, so I would say our, our recruiting philosophy is always to start in and work out. Um, and I think there's a perception that if uh, the, the Reed Detmers of the world don't come to UIS, <laughs> that we didn't try. Uh, you know, the Cam Edmondsons of the world. Yeah. Obviously, there is a ton of talent here in all, in all sports, but especially baseball. Um, it is a great baseball town. Um, it is very hard to pull those kids. Number one, because I think... They've lived in Springfield their whole life. They don't. They don't necessarily want to be here. Um, to sit here and say that the best college experience exists at UIS, I think, would be a lie. Right? It goes back to transparency. Yeah. Our guys are here to play baseball, mm-hmm. um, and they're, they're going to get a University of Illinois degree, and uh, that's something that, that we don't take lightly as well. But I don't know that a single guy uh, would be at UIS to go to school if not for being recruited by our coaching staff to play baseball. And that's just being honest with ourselves. And with that information, then we know how to, how to identify who to go after. So I can tell you right now, um, 
all the uh, the all state guys, the guys playing in Division One schools, you know, across the Midwest, you know, the mid majors. We've tried like heck to get those guys. Um, usually, they're probably a little too good. They have several Division One offers. You combine that with the fact that uh, they, they do want to get out of Springfield for the first time, you know, since you know since they were, they were born here, mm-hmm. uh, it makes it really really tough. And I think there's a stigma that. Um, well, those guys don't recruit local. You know, they, why are they in Chicago? Why are they in St. Louis? Like, they got this transfer from Florida or, or California. Well, the reality is, is uh, we want the best players. We're going to start inward and work outward. And if there's somebody in town that we think is good enough to help us win a national championship, uh, play at an extremely high level, good student, good person, good family, we're going to try to get that guy. But we are not going to take somebody local just to take them. We, I don't believe yeah. in that. Uh, that's not the that's not what good programs do. Um, certainly, we have our share of local guys, and they've contributed to our program. But I think sometimes people get that that philosophy backwards that we should just be taking kids because they're local. We're pretty dang good. We're pretty dang talented. Um, we turn a lot of kids down because I I don't think we recruit quote unquote Division two baseball players. I think we do a great job uh, getting Division one talent. And for a combination of reasons, that could be could be financially based, a bigger scholarship offer, opportunity to play right away. Uh, maybe they are within 30 to 40 minutes, and they are a homebody. And uh, we think that's a niche for us. We do our research. Um, it's also a very cost-effective school, you know. And then you get into the winning side of things, the development side of things. I tell every kid that sits down in this office with their parents, you know, take away the facilities, take away the the lack of frats and sororities and the college life and the bars, do we develop our players like they do in the SEC, the ACC, you know, the Big 12, the Big 10? That answer should be yes, right? And, and do we take care of our players the way that they do with those the places? And the answer should be yes. Um, a lot of people have nice facilities, and there's a lot of schools that don't win with nice facilities. So we focus on people. We focus on uh, making sure we have the right type of people here. And uh, I think we do a great job of that. But, yeah, the local, the local talent thing is always, a, I think, a, a, an interesting subject here. We sure, we sure try. Uh, it's very hard. It's very hard to get premium talent to stay here, especially as a Division II, knowing that those guys have um, usually a lot of Division I options. Yeah, um, that's interesting that you, I mean, just kind of talk about that. You talked about the one guy already, Chad Zayner. I mean, you can't tell me that that kid's arm isn't, a D1 talent at least and then um, the other one that I mean has been through the program and has worked his way is Austin Alderman who's yeah. now like you said one of one of the leaders on this team it seems like yeah so uh, I'll start with Aldi Aldi got came here um, in you know in the, in the fall of 17 and uh, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you like he couldn't take BP it was foul ball foul ball swing and miss roll over ground ball but he was a big, strong kid. He was athletic. He could run a little bit. Great family, local. Um, he kind of was on like that three to four year plan. Like, hey, Austin's not going to help us in eighteen. Probably won't help us in nineteen. Maybe in twenty twenty. But uh, his uh, he did a great job uh, with his work ethic, and uh, he had to really, really improve his his baseball skills. But he did that himself. You know, we we, we put him in the right positions, and he took ownership for that. Uh, he became our hardest worker in the weight room, got even more explosive, and then kind of settled into a, a part-time role in 19. And then uh, when I took over as head coach, you know, he's kind of our full-time right fielder, and he's just never turned back. And uh, he's a guy that, you know, he's now hitting four-hole for us between Zion and Cal. 
probably as important of a spot in the lineup as it gets there with the, the protection for those guys. And uh, he's just as sure as it gets, you know, in the middle of that order. He's had a couple all-conference seasons now, all-region. So he's turned himself into a great player. Chad Sander was a guy that uh, I went to go see in April of uh, a couple of years ago. He had nothing going on from a recruiting standpoint. And uh, someone said, hey, you got to go see this kid. Yeah. I said, okay. I don't really need him, but, hey, he's local, you know, whatever. And uh, he went against SHG. Um, pretty much by himself and almost won them the game. They ended up winning one nothing. They couldn't they couldn't score off SAG's arms, but um, I, I just knew right away that kid was tough. And uh, we had heard he was one of the, the niche guys. He, he kind of liked to be in Springfield. Yeah. I don't know if it was a girlfriend or something like <laughs> that, but he wanted to be here. So uh, that was the perfect example of kind of things all coming together. Talented kid, tough kid. I love that he was from Lanphier. Yeah, it's a different type of kid. I think we all know that. Yeah. It's a different type of kid. Then the Chatham kid, then the SHG kid, then the Springfield High kid, and uh, I just assumed he was pretty, pretty damn tough. And uh, lo and behold, he gets to campus and he's pretty damn tough. And uh, he jumped into a, a weekend spot last year for us, was an all-region uh, arm for us, and uh, he's he's been sorely missed this year. But again, speaks to the depth of our of our of our recruiting, our program. We haven't missed a beat with him, so we're pretty excited for Chad to to get back next year, fully healthy. He's doing well in the recovery from Tommy John surgery. But, uh, yeah, Chad Sander, Austin Alderman, guys like that are, are very, very exciting. And uh, certainly guys like Nolan McMaster's coming in. Yeah. Richie Snyder's a freshman this year. You just, uh, you know, those guys have, you know, the, kind of the blueprint in front of them to go be successful here. But, again, they wouldn't be here if they weren't talented. I promise you that. So. <laughs> um, you talked about kind of the the age of these kids and, and their, their mindset of, you know, they come here to play baseball and to develop and to not only make the program better, but themselves better. How tough is it as a any sort of college coach to manage 40 different college kids who, like you said, um, you know, some of them want to go to the bar sometimes. Some of them have girlfriends sometimes. I mean, that's a lot to handle for anyone, let alone kids who are going through so much in their lives. And you have to kind of just say... You know, the focus has to be baseball, but at the same time, we care about you as a person and want to develop you yeah. as well. That's the, it's the toughest part about this job, and it's also the most rewarding. It's, it's probably the coolest part. You know, whether your roster is 35, 45, 55, um, you know, again, we're at 46, you have 46 completely different people. Uh, we have 46 guys. Some of them are from inner city Chicago. Some are from the middle of nowhere in Illinois. You know, they grew up in a town of 500 people. Zion, for example, went to Mount Carmel. He you know, grew up on the south side in the you know third largest city in the world. And, you know, so I, I like to think that a program can kind of become a melting pot for um, just different backgrounds, you know. And I think the coolest thing about a baseball team, probably any athletic team, is it really doesn't matter where you're from when you believe in the same things, when you care about each other like you do. It just doesn't matter, and uh, you kind of wish the country could, could be like that sometimes. But I think the blueprint of a, of a college baseball program is there because the diversity in our program is is, is is real, and I think it matters. I think it brings our guys closer together. Um, it opens up their eyes to different lifestyles and uh, where guys grew up. I think that's really, really cool. So um, you get into that stuff, and I think – um, you're going to have uh, your issues through a season. You know, you go through, they get here in August, you have 10 to 12 kids who are off away from home for the very first time. Um, yeah, and, and it's hard on those guys. And I think those guys have tough days. 
And we're pretty in, uh, intentional about reminding them of that, that it's okay. The bad day that happens here and there, the, the bad exam score, the bad day at practice, uh, something happens off the field, we can handle it. If we keep it in-house, we can handle it. We're okay. Um, and, and I think as a head coach, you just have to know that. You have 46 guys. You're going to have some, some stuff during the year, <laughs> grades, off the field. Um, and then I think in order to make sure your guys kind of have a foundation for um, you know, what we believe in, what, what do we, what's important to us, I don't like rules, but I do like expectations. You know, And after every huddle on a Sunday you know, afternoon after we sweep, um, I tell our guys to, to you know, enjoy the night with each other, but to be smart, to be safe, and to have each other's backs. And then I think those three things kind of cover everything, right? Make sure that we, we're doing everything we can to represent the University of Illinois Springfield in, in a positive way uh, to, to make sure that the things that are important to us as a program that we talk about, that, that they have input in, you're living that life every day. And it's also okay to, to have fun. It's okay to be 21 sometimes. It's okay to be 18 sometimes. It's not going to be perfect. But um, you have 46 different personalities on this team. And uh, you have some, some that uh, you go three weeks not talking to because that's just how they are. Um, you have your high-maintenance guys. You have your low-maintenance guys. You have your guys that are 4-0 students. And you have your other ones that you're just you're, you're kicking them in the butt to go to class every day. I mean, it's just, and I think when you step back and you gain some perspective, some of the distractions, some of the struggles, you can flip that and turn it into, you know, this is a pretty cool job because you just every year you have a different team, you have different players, and uh, those guys are going to be a part of your life forever um, and vice versa. So I think that's the most special thing. But it starts with expectations, and uh, the guys have to understand when they get into this program, you do have to try your best in the classroom. you got to go to class. You can't be an idiot off the field. Um, you can have fun, but you got to be responsible. You got to know when to go home, um, and stuff like that. And and then of course you get under the baseball side of things, and uh, it's hard. It's going to be really, really hard. You know, our freshmen come in here, and every arm they see, every every inner squad is ninety to ninety three, and they just haven't seen that when they're from Morton, Illinois. They just haven't seen that. So um, we remind them it's going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it at the end at the end of the day. What are you most proud of as being a head coach at UIS right now? I think, uh, you know, for me, it, it's just the the year in the year out success. You know, the the ability to um, do this over and over and over again. And, and while it's a little different every year, a lot of it's the same. You, you're in the situations to win big games. To, you have talented players, and uh, you're playing in the postseason. You're playing for for championships, and uh, while doing that knowing that you have good people in the program. We have good people. We, I have a great coaching staff. Uh, Coach Johnson, you know, Coach uh, Chris Camburn, and athletic training, uh, they do as good a job as anybody, and certainly we wouldn't be here without those guys. And uh, I just, the belief in each other, the, the trust, uh, the, the family mentality that we have, a lot of people talk about that, but uh, it's a lot of... Uh, it's a lot of eyewash, you know. But I, I really, really believe in what we do here. I believe in our culture. I believe in our environment. Um, I think our our players buy in as well as any group of players could into what we want them to, to do, how we want them to act, while also letting them have fun and uh, enjoy this. And we talk a lot about being present, and uh, that's something I've tried to embrace. I touched on it earlier, enjoying this because 
that dugout that was you know celebrating yesterday, you know when, when we got that ground ball to Decon, flips it over to, to Zion, that that may be the last time that that group was ever together, ever, forever. And I think we embrace that. We we talk about it. And uh, I think it makes it even more special when you accomplish things together. So I'm just proud of uh, the relentlessness of, of my coaching staff and recruiting, um, the uh, the just the the feeling that it's uh, it's never it's never good enough. We have to keep getting better. We have to keep making things better. We have to recruit better players. We have to do a better job with our academics. We have to be more involved in the community and just continuing to set that bar higher and higher each year. But um, we have done a lot here with very little. If you look around at facilities, budgets, resources around Division II college athletics, um, I think there's a perception from schools around the country that U.S. must have uh, have it going on. And, and anybody that's been out to support us, uh, they know we don't. But I think that's what makes it even better, um, being solution-oriented, not problem-oriented, finding a way to overcome things, finding a way to... Um, be in the top 10 in the country every single year with half of what those other schools have, I think it speaks to to, to our staff, um, Coach Kelch, Coach Pauly, again, Coach Johnson in strength and conditioning, Coach Chris Camber, and, and uh, I think it makes it even better. And, and I always tell recruits, you know, what would it be like at UIS if we ever do start to get some of those things? What could happen here? And uh, th- that's a pretty cool feeling. So um, a lot, I'm, a, I'm proud of a lot, but... Uh, just proud of our ability to keep going. We just keep going. Just keep going, and uh, we've achieved a lot, but there's still a lot we haven't achieved, and hopefully we can uh, do that this weekend. I'm not going to act like there's tons of people that will listen to this, but <laughs> for anyone who maybe hasn't been to a UIS game um, in the past couple of years or hasn't been out to the facilities, um, what would be your minute pitch to them coming out this weekend when, I mean, this is a huge game, this is a huge series, and... This could be huge for you know this area. I think uh, the college baseball that you see on TV and ESPN, you know the SEC games, the ACC games. Um, I think the talent would throw people for a big surprise. Um, our game one starter is ninety three to ninety six miles an hour. You know he, he's going to be a draft here. Zion Pettigrew is as talented of a D2 hitter there is in the country. He just broke our home run record yesterday. I think we play an exciting brand of baseball. Um, we have a ton of talent. We play extremely hard. We play smart. Um, but we're loose. We have fun. We have a great dugout. Um, sometimes i got to keep them in line a little bit. But uh, I think I would imagine we're pretty fun to watch because when I get the chance to step back in some of those games, I get a little lopsided. I enjoy watching us play baseball. Um, we do a lot of things very, very well, um, but I think we're tough. I think uh, they care about each other, and I think anybody that watches us play on any given day um, can see that. And uh, we have great support from our parents. Uh, they do a great job for us. Uh, we have some, some local you know, fans that really support us. Uh, but Springfield's a pretty big town, and uh, it'd be really, really special to, to have some community people that haven't seen us play come out and see what U.S. baseball is all about because I, I can almost guarantee they'd be very impressed by uh, by the way we play the game. Thanks for your time, sir. Thank you. Thank you to Coach Copeland. Great conversation, great guy, and wish him nothing but the best this weekend, and hopefully they get to head to Cary, North Carolina for the World Series. That's it for this week. Thank you to Northwestern Mutual for being the sponsor. Thank you. 
To everyone for listening, and as we wind down on the busiest two weeks of the season, thank you for being patient and understanding. We try to get to as many games as we possibly can. Thank you to our four main sponsors this season, United Community Bank, Steak and Shake, the Green Family Stores, and Springfield Clinic. Make sure you go buy your tickets for the Channel 1450 Awards Show. That's on Thursday, June 30th. You don't want to miss it. It's at the fairgrounds. Anybody can go. It'll be a great time, and I hope we get a huge crowd in attendance for the first annual to attend a great event. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.